1: culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision.
0: This is Andrew McLennan. For over 100 years now, Christians have been using airplanes to further the gospel and empower the work of God all over the earth. Countless ministries and missionaries have flown into the most remote places on earth, spreading the gospel and allowing God to spread his kingdom. To document this, our special guest today has written a book called AeroGrace, having worked for the Missionary Aviation Fellowship himself, and he joins us now. Ron, welcome. Good day, Andrew. Nice to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Now, many of our listeners would not have been involved in missions work. I have. I've seen the incredible work that planes can do in remote areas. So briefly tell us what inspired you to write this book, AeroGrace.
1: Uh, I became a Christian in 1968 through the work of Billy Graham and I uh, went. I started a Bible college soon after. It was while I was there that I had the opportunity to travel to Arnhem Land where I saw aircraft being used in the work of the gospel. And so I kind of, there was a light bulb moment for, for me. I returned to Sydney, I finished my studies, but I was also learning to fly at the same time, and in 1975, my wife and I did need to join Mission Aviation Fellowship. I fin- finished my commercial pilot's licence, served with MAF in Arnhem Land, then Central Australia, and so I, I've, I've had this interest in Christian people using air, aircraft. So air of grace is my third book. I I wrote my own story. It was uh, called Crosswinds. There's a copy. I've got here, also a second book was Liberator, yep. and that was that was the story of MAF's first pilot, Harry Hartley. And so, over the years, I've developed this interest in in mission aviation, particularly in the Australian context. And so, about seven years ago, after I finished the book Liberator, I started work on this one, which documents the full history.
0: Just to give people some background, Ron, like in a place like Papua New Guinea, there's, there's no roads going into certain towns and areas, is there? And without planes, missionaries since the Second World War have not been able to access those areas, have they, with, without the, uh, the, the ability to fly? And so ministries like MAF and others have really helped the gospel penetrate those remote areas, haven't they? Oh,
1: yeah. Look, um, Papua New Guinea has been opened up for the gospel, through the use of aircraft. There's no two ways about it. And MAF have been in the forefront of uh, that uh, wonderful use of a new technology uh, to serve the gospel.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a great example, isn't it, of, uh, of the church using technology, not being afraid of it and seeing it as something worldly or something to be shied away from, but actually use it to, to keep preaching and keep sending missionaries and empowering churches. So tell us about the work of um, aviation in spreading the gospel into the interior areas of Australia, like Arnhem Land, where you first started. Well, it just gives
1: mobility. And if people are familiar with that part of Australia, you have a wet season that goes for five months and you can't move around um, on the surface. So really all communications during that long wet season are done by air. But even in the dry season, It's a fast and convenient and economical way of uh, church workers, missionaries and community development people getting around. And uh, so the the aeroplane overcomes the tyranny of distance, if you like, but especially uh, when the weather kind of gets in the way, as it does for five or six months a year in the top end of Australia.
0: And so you saw a lot of uh, good things happening in those remote areas with Indigenous people in those early days when you first started out?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a great privilege to uh, fly people that were involved in Bible translations or uh, to fly people to the Catherine Convention, which is the, the largest um, Christian convention each year in the top end of Australia. And I would fly plane loads and plane loads of uh, Aboriginal people from Arnhem Land down to Catherine so they could attend the, con- the convention. And also things like church conferences. You want to have people coming in from outlying centres to uh, spend a few days together, uh, you know, Uh, hammering out issues and and things like that so to use the aircraft to do that was just just
0: a great gift oh i bet i bet and i bet they enjoyed the ride as well (laughs) yes yes And, and i never tired of flying over that sort of country either now ron i think one of the most famous stories i've ever heard from uh missionaries using airplanes is that story which was made into a movie called the end of the spear can you tell us uh our listeners briefly about that story a group of five young
1: American missionaries in South America, in Ecuador. They'd been working for months and months to gain access to an untouched tribe, particularly to reach them with the gospel. Uh, They finally made it and they used an aeroplane to do it. Nate Saint was the pilot of this MAF aircraft and they landed beside this river and uh, they waited for the men with whom they'd had this uh, Growing contact to come out of the bush, and they did come, and but um, and we don't entirely know the circumstances of it. But uh, the five of them were killed uh, right there on the beach, and they and I guess humanly speaking, it was just a an enormous tragedy. And how would you recover from that? And yet, uh, remarkably. Uh, the wives of some of those five men went back and, and actually reached that tribe, and many of the many of the uh, ones who had actually carried out the massacre were converted, and in fact, Nate Saint's son Steve, that wrote that book, End of the Spear, that you mentioned, um, uh, was was uh, baptised in that river by. Uh, one of the men who had speared those missionaries so it's just a wonderful story of god's grace and forgiveness and uh, just the power of the gospel oh yeah, it's, so, it's so
0: moving and i think one of the most powerful scenes in that movie is when the little boy's running down the airstrip as his dad's flying off and i think that was one of the last times he ever saw his dad and that little boy is the son like you said who became the missionary in that village working with the Yes. the man who'd yes. actually murdered his dad. And I think what happened was the villagers, someone started a rumour about the missionaries that they'd stolen something or done something and they were murdered for their faith. But it is an amazing story, but it's a story of the aeroplane being used, isn't it, to penetrate an oh, unreached yes. people group? It
1: would have been, impos- would have been impossible otherwise, Andrew. Um, there, there was no other way of uh, getting into that remote place. And so uh, it, it was just a... And and I think through that mission aviation fellowship became really well known worldwide. The fact that Christian people were using airplanes and and using them effectively, and that's but and as I've written this book, Aero Grace, which really only centres about the the use of aircraft in Australia. Um, there are so many stories of of uh, people like the Salvation Army's use of the airplane and um. Uh, Bible Society, the people will remember the Flying Bible Man ministry that went for nearly 50 years, uh, plus the work of MAF and CMS and Bush Church Aid Society uh, the Catholic Church has used aircraft uh, the Baptist uh, Church in um, in the Northern Territory have used aircraft, so uh, the, the deeper I dug in researching this book, the, f- the more people, the more organisations
0: found had, um, put aircraft to use, and and like those five missionaries in in Ecuador, there uh, some of some of them I believe served in World War Two, served their country as aviators, and then they used those gifts and skills in post-war years to spread the gospel. And it was the same in Australia, wasn't it? Some of the early pilots that were used in in ministry were also former Royal Australian Air Force pilots. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, uh, I mentioned Harry Hartwig before. Uh, He was MAF's first pilot. Sadly,
1: Harry was killed just um, three months after they commenced operations. So this is 1951. And again, you think, you know, how how does an organisation bounce back from something, lose their first aircraft, their first pilot? And yet, by God's grace, uh, they picked up the pieces and through prayer and through just, you know, deep commitment. Uh, they recommenced operations shortly after. And it's been continuing in Papua New Guinea ever since. So since 1951, virtually an unbroken story of ministry there. Yeah. And also uh, in since, since 1973
0: in Arnhem Land. Yeah, amazing. Well, my personal experience with the Missionary Aviation Fellowship, uh, Ron, was I got in one of those little planes with two American missionaries and they flew us into a remote area. I don't even know where we went now, but it was somewhere they didn't have a road. And uh, we literally, I, the American, one of the Americans was preaching and he prayed a mass prayer for all the sick people. And a blind lady got a sight back. And I got photos of her before she had a sight. And then when she had a sight and her eyes were clear and she could see. And it was amazing. And it was all because mm-hmm. of a plane, a little MAF plane flew us into this remote area.
1: Uh, Like I I think you said earlier, um, the church has been at the forefront of the use of uh, technology. You think of the printing press and how Bibles were printed through that. And I remember back in the mid-80s seeing how the work of Bible translation was just um, given a boost. It was turbocharged by the personal computer. Yep people involved in bible translation were able to have a really powerful thing at their fingertips and that was back in the days when they were you know pcs were pretty much in their infancy but even then they were able to use them so effectively
0: yeah absolutely Mm. absolutely well ron you've written this book it's called aero grace the gospel in australian skies it's a great read it's actually a great piece of history australian christian history which will be passed on i believe through generations so Congratulations on writing the book and uh, I'd encourage all of our listeners to to get their hands on a copy. They can search it up online, can't they, on online bookstores and and get themselves a copy. But uh, thank you so much, Ron, for your time today and we wish you all the best with this book. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you
1: for having me uh, on the program today. It's been great. Thanks.